Go ahead, if you would, and turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. We'll get right into it. 1 Corinthians 10, and beginning about verse 13. Well, actually, I'll tell you what, back up to verse 12. It said, uh, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And then the very next verse says, he said, uh, there's no temptation taking you. So he's talking about temptation and he, he uses the word standing and falling relative to temptation. So uh, we don't want to be haughty or proud about standing or falling with temptation. We want to realize, as this goes on to say, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. We are all subject to temptation. And when you hear the word temptation, a lot of times people's mind goes to just two or three areas. But this is a broad thing. You can be tempted to be depressed. You can be tempted to doubt. You can be tempted to fear. Y'all with me? All of these are temptations. And of course the other things that most people are aware of. But don't just let your mind go to one or two things when you hear the word temptation. Temptation is the enemy trying to lead you the wrong way. Trying to get you to yield to things that are going to hurt you and hurt people around about you. And uh, he tells us this, there's no temptation that's come to you, taken you, but such as is common to man. A number of things here to understand, all of us have been tempted and are subject to temptation. Jesus himself was tempted. Is that right? Don't you remember in uh, gospel accounts, talks about when Jesus was baptized and the Spirit of God came on him, that he was in the wilderness 40 days and nights. And what was happening there? He was tempted. The tempter was there tempting him. Tempted him to turn stones into bread. Tempted him to uh, jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Tempted him to bow down and worship him in order to obtain all the kingdoms of the world that was and is his destiny and call and the enemy is trying to get him to take a shortcut not go by way of the cross but thank God even though he was tempted and sorely tempted he did not yield to the temptation he did not act on those that pull of the enemy so it's not a sin to be tempted Everybody said out loud, it's not a sin, it's not a sin. To, be to be tempted. Now, maybe you say that, but uh, the enemy will try to uh, get you to yield to condemnation because you were tempted in an area. He'll bring thoughts and feelings to you of things that are not right. And then he'll try to bring condemnation for the thoughts and feelings he brought. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You say, look at you, supposed to be a Christian, thinking about that, feeling that way. And it's the thoughts and feelings he brought to you. 
I want you to say it again. It is not a sin to be tempted. You know, the scripture said that Jesus in Hebrews, he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So he was tempted in any area that you have been tempted in or I have been tempted in. Jesus was tempted in those areas too and beyond. That flies crosswise of what religion says. But does it say it or not? Brother John, maybe you better read that for us. <laughs> Reader? Wasn't Hebrews where he was tempted in all points? Yeah. Like as we are? Yeah. Yet without sin? That, that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the spot. I think 415. Let me read it yeah. here. Thank you, sir. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. Our high priest has been touched with the feeling of our weaknesses in that he was tempted. He was tempted how? Everybody read it out loud. He was tempted how? Then there's never been any temptation you've been tempted with that he didn't experience as he walked the earth or that I've been tempted that he didn't experience. But did he sin? No. Not one time. But was he tempted? Yes. In every conceivable way. Absolutely. He was tempted. In all points. Yet. Don't you like that last phrase? Yet. Without sin. You know Ephesians says. Be ye angry. And what? Sin not. So. You can get angry, but that doesn't mean you have to do something stupid. You don't have to talk bad to people. You don't have to slap somebody. You don't have to break furniture or dishes. You can get angry and yet not sin. You can be tempted and yet not sin. We need to clearly distinguish the source of temptation. That it's coming not from the Lord, obviously. It's not coming from the inside of us. It's coming from our enemy, from out here. And what we're to do is to resist it. Stand against it. And having done all to stand, what do you do? You keep on standing. And if you're tempted five times throughout the day, what do you do? You, You resist five times. Is that right? If you resisted 10 times throughout the week, what do you do? If you're tempted, rather, 10 times. You resist 10 times. Every time, that's what Jesus must have done. Had to have done. No matter how many times, how many ways he was tempted, he kept resisting. You know, one of the temptations he said to the enemy, get behind me, Satan. Get out of here, right? He resisted him. And what happens? What does the scriptures say? Resist the devil and he will flee. What if you don't resist him? He'll stay. (laughs) Resist the devil and he will flee. If you don't resist him, he'll stay. He'll stay. And even though that is so simple, 
Millions of Christians are not resisting the enemy. They're not even realizing what's going on. When these thoughts and these feelings come, because one of the enemy's favorite ways of operating is to do things in such a way that you don't catch that it's him. He even transforms himself into an angel of light. He'll bring things, thoughts, and feelings to you and try to tell you it's God. That's right. It's one of his favorite things to do. He has been far too successful in this. Much of the world doesn't even believe there is a devil. So he's able to just operate. And you're not going to resist something that you don't believe exists. But you know better. Am I talking to people that know better? There is an enemy. He's a defeated foe, but he's still around. And he's still trying to do things. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he can't do just whatever he wants to do. He has to get you, has to get me to cooperate with him. And we're dumb if we do. (laughs) But I've been dumb before. Have you? I don't even have to ask that question. (laughs) But let's quit being dumb. Let's quit just letting him bring these thoughts and feelings. And let's certainly stop yielding to them. Let's learn uh, what to do. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Look at that again, please. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Common. Common to man. So two big things I said here. One, all of us are subject to temptation. Jesus was tempted. But also, uh, the enemies, he, he likes to use this lie, tell people that nobody knows what you're going through. And follow it up with nobody's been through what you've been through. Well, that's obviously a lie. Right. Nothing is happening to you that hasn't happened right. to the general population. Amen. You know, people will try to tell you, no, 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 no. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah, and you don't know what most of the other billions of people on the planet have been through either. You don't know. 2% of the population of the planet. 1%. So how do you know? Nobody knows. How do you know? (laughs) For one thing, you know this, Jesus knows. Mm -hmm. Somebody say, Jesus knows. Well, we just got through reading. He was tempted in all points, right? Just like us. So he knows. Not only does he know, he's been far beyond where you've been. He was pushed. He was tempted. Hebrews 12, brother reader. (laughs) Hebrews 12, and uh, let's start about verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of Next God. Next verse 2. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied 
and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Hallelujah. Right. You hadn't been that far. Right. <laughs> I hadn't been that far. What's this referring to? I believe, among other things, it refers to the garden where he was so pressed and so tempted that blood came out of his pores. Why did that happen? He's resisting temptation. You say, what? Tempta- yes. Temptation to what? Temptation to not go through with it. Now what he's seeing, as bad as being scourged and as bad as being nailed to the cross was, that's not close to the whole thing. He was made to be sin with all mankind's sin. We have no idea what that is. Isaiah saw it in Isaiah 52 and 3 and 4. He saw it that his form was changed so that he didn't resemble a man anymore. That's when all the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future generations converged on his sinless, spotless being. He didn't sympathize with our sins. He became sin. With our sin. And he was, when it came, he's right there. He's moments away from the scourging. He's hours away from the cross, but also from that sin coming on him. And then going to the heart of the earth. And judgment, the full brunt of the judgment of God falling on him. And he said, Father, with you all things are possible. And if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. This is what he's praying. This is where the pressure's coming from. This is why he got to the point where resisted unto blood. Striving against what? Sin. Sin is violation of light. Sin is going contrary to what you know is right overriding your heart. Yet what did Jesus come back to say? All things are possible with you, Father. You can do anything. (laughs) And he knew he could. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What's he saying? That I don't have to become sin. He's sinless. He's the spotless Lamb of God. Sin is completely contrary to his nature and his being. And yet there was no other way. For if he wasn't made sin with our sin, we could never be made righteous with his righteousness. Was he made sin? Then have you believed on him? Then you have been made righteous just as surely as he has been made sin. Not based on what you feel or what you've done or haven't done. Was he made sin or not? Then you've been made righteous. Did he deserve sin? You don't deserve righteous either. Right? But was he made sin? Then you've been made righteous. Did he earn sin? No. You didn't earn righteousness. But was he made sin? Then tell me the rest. I have been made the righteousness of God 
in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. We don't know the half of what that means, but it is some good, yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But what did Jesus come back to? Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What? Nevertheless. What? Not my will. Was he tempted? Was he pushed? He was pushed with temptation to the point that blood's coming out of his pores. And what did he do? He resisted the temptation. He said, not what I want, but what you want. Not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So while we we were begin talking about that when you say nobody knows what I've been through, Jesus been there and a lot further. Amen. A lot further. We have not resisted temptation to doubt, fear, disobey, whatever. We've not resisted to the point that blood came out of our pores. Amen. So Jesus proved it could be done as a man. He did it as a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't say it can't be done. And so uh, to say nobody knows, well, it's certainly not true with Jesus, but it's not true. Look at the verse again, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but what? Such as is what? Common to man. So everything you've been through is common stuff. <laughs> everything. Don't let the enemy sell you. Now this is very important. If you let the enemy convince you that you are going through some kind of extraordinarily terrible stuff that nobody can relate to, he's got a hook in you. Because you believe a lie. Mm-hmm. And based on that, he'll get you to pity yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you've been through worse stuff than anybody else has, poor, poor, pitiful you. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. You got, and nobody understands. Nobody can relate because nobody's been through what you've been through. Somebody say it out loud lies. Lies, lies, lies. The whole generation. Common to man. People have been through what you've been through and worse. And some of them didn't act like such a baby about it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. Not true. But let's get to the good news. (laughs) Now this is good news too. It'll keep you free. If you keep from, if you don't believe lies, if you believe the truth, what will the truth do for you? It'll make you free. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Faithful specifically to what? He is faithful to not suffer or not allow you. To be tempted above that you're able. Able to what? Able to resist. Now, there's a lot of Christians, bless their hearts, preachers too, have taken this verse. 
and twisted it until they made it say, God won't put more on you than you can stand. That's right. Isn't that what it said? No, honey. Read the verse. (laughs) Read. Take off your traditionally religious colored (laughs) spectacles and read not what you think somebody thought it said. What does it say? It did not say God won't put more on you than you can stand. Oh, did I lose somebody? Did I lose somebody? Go to James. Hold your place here. Go to James. Somebody needs some more scripture. Because they say, well, that's what it said. No, it's not what it said. Go to James chapter 1, verse 13. Is this okay? I'm telling you, somebody's going to get free. Praise God. We're on a get free mission. Several somebodies are going to get free. They're going to get free. And then some other folks are going to get free later. Some things are going to come up later. And you're going to get free then. And some other folks are going to stay free. Stay free. How many like the sound of that? Stay free. Get free. Stay free. free. (laughs) James 1, verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Well, that verse we just got through reading was talking about temptation. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He won't suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able If you change that into saying God won't put more on you, then you're saying God's putting temptation on you. That can't be right. That cannot be right. James 1 says what? Let no man say. Don't let anybody say this. You know, sometimes people get so upset if they hear a, um, I don't know, what a cuss word, foul language, and that's not good. But actually, some of these things do you more harm than some of those things. Somebody say, God won't put more on you than you can stand. That can be as bad or worse than cussing. Because if you hear the cussing, you know that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> not going to believe that. You're not going to say that. But the other, if you think it's right, you say it and you believe it. You open the door wide open for the one who is bringing it because you let him convince you that it's not the enemy, it's God. So if it's God bringing it to you, you better take it. So you wind up receiving something, you should be resisting. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And neither tempts he any man. So anytime you were tempted to do anything wrong, God did not send that to you. He was not behind that. He was not. Have to believe the Bible. Well, you don't have to, but you should. (laughs) Sure going to cost you if you don't. Sometimes people get adamant and go, well, I'm all right to my beliefs, preacher. Same as you. Well, actually, no. No, you don't. If Jesus is your Lord, 
you and I don't have a right to just make stuff up and believe it. We're supposed to believe what he told us in the book. And if it's different from what we've thought, we need to change how we've thought. Submit to the authority of the written word. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. So God is not tempting people to do wrong. Come on, everybody say that out loud. God God is not not tempting people people to do wrong. wrong. No way. No way. No how. how. Now, verse 14 tells you what's happening. But every man is tempted. This doesn't just happen for a few. This is everybody. Is tempted when what happens? He's drawn away of what? His own lust. Now that's the word for desire. Again, don't just let your mind go to two or three things when you talk about temptation. You can have a desire to be depressed. Desire to quit. Desire to give up. All kind of things. But it's a wrong desire. But where's that coming from? That's you. His own Desire. Can't blame that on God. When we got born again, it was our spirit that was recreated. We still got the same body unsaved people have. And your mind, if you don't get it renewed with the Word of God, you'll think like unsaved people do. And that part of our being will want to do things that it used to want to do. That's not right. Even things you were delivered from. Do you mind if I get into some things? No. You know, a lot of times people like to come to church and pretend. (laughs) Pretend like nobody's tempted. Everybody's holy, holy, holy. Everything's great. No problems. (laughs) And maintain that for a little bit. And then truth is, they're fallen. They're fallen to temptation. They're fallen repeatedly. They're saved. They love God. See how quiet it got? (laughs) This is not true with a handful. How many are tempted? Common to man. Common to man. You've been tempted. I've been tempted. Jesus has been tempted. The difference is he didn't yield. He didn't yield. Every man is tempted when what happens? Part of you wants it. That ain't God. That ain't the devil. That's part of you. And enticed. That's the devil. That's the devil. He sees something you part of your flesh wants that you shouldn't want. So he's there to dangle the carrot and bring it up and cause it to come in front of you and remind you of it and tell you how great it would be. Exactly what happened in the garden. The fruit that was forbidden for them to eat. The enemy shows up and wants to show them how good it is, how wise it would make you, how great it would taste, all of this. Well, part of Eve wanted to eat it, wanted to get it. And the enemy is working on that. Enticing. Then what happens? 
Verse 15, when that desire has conceived, you keep feeding a wrong desire, it'll get stronger. And then it'll bring forth sin. Let me say it like this. You keep feeding that wrong desire, it'll get stronger and stronger. You keep doing that, you're going to act on it. You're going to act on it. You're going to yield to that wrong desire. And you keep yielding to the sin. What's the wages of sin? Death. The Lord didn't tell us not sin because he wants to spoil our fun. Sin will kill you. It'll kill something in your life. There's death in it. And he's the God of life and light. Can you say amen or or oh me or do you think we need to talk about some of these things? I, yes. I believe we do. Yes. No, I know we do. First Corinthians 10. Go back, please. First Corinthians 10. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful not to put more on you than you can stand. No, no, no. That's not what it says. What does it say? He will not suffer. You could say allow. He will not allow you to be tempted. Is that the same thing as him tempting you? No. No. He's the one that's putting the check on it. Temptation's not coming from him. He's the one that's saying, no, now that's as far as you can go. No. No, can't go any further than that. No. And he's faithful because he knows where you are. And he knows where I am. And if uh, here's the good news. Now, uh, back in my teenage years, I was involved in some sport fighting, martial arts, and uh, did quite a bit of it. And, um, you know, when you got new opponents that you didn't know, you're trying to size them up, you know. Can I take them? Are they going to take me? So I, I think in those terms, and the Lord helps me that way, what I see a picture of is this. In life, if I have an opponent in the ring with me, I know I can beat him. If I couldn't beat him, he wouldn't be in the ring. The Lord wouldn't have let him get in the ring. He knows where I am. He knows where you are. If something is in my life trying to cause me a problem just by reason of the fact that it is there, I know I can overcome it. If it was too big, it wouldn't be there. God wouldn't allow it. That's a world of difference from God putting more on you than you can stand. It's the enemy coming. He's trying to overwhelm you. And the Lord said, uh-uh, no, that's as far as you can go. No, that's as far as you can go. No, that's as far as you can go. So if he does show up, there's a temptation, there's a challenge, there's a test. What do I know? God is faithful. He won't allow me. He won't permit me. To be tested or tempted above what I'm able. But every time something comes up. He's going to. When the temptation comes. He's providing a way of escape. So every problem. There's a way out. Every challenge. 
you know because God is so faithful, there's a way out. Every temptation, there's a way out. I don't have to fall. I don't have to yield. I don't have to mess up. I don't have to. There's a way out. Now, I've messed up and you've messed up. But we didn't have to. I said we didn't have to. Anybody know what 1 John 1 talks about? 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, why would you need to do that? (laughs) If we confess our sins, why would you need to do that? See, there are people, the enemy pushes this. That, you know, we're just old sinners saved by grace. And that we sin every day. And that you're going to sin. And really, there is no way you or I are going to make it through a day without sinning. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. That absolutely is not true. By nature of what sin is. To him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Sin is violation of light. The Lord doesn't hold you responsible for what you don't see and know. You can make mistakes. It can even cost you. But sin won't be imputed. Sin is not imputed where there is no law or where there is no revelation about what's right and wrong. So if you knew what to do and you did the wrong thing, that's on you. You can't say, I couldn't help it. No. To say you need to confess it and receive forgiveness, if I couldn't help it, I shouldn't have to confess. Because right. it wasn't my fault. I'm just an old sinner. No. And that's what sinners do. No. I get up sinning and go to bed sinning. <laughs> I don't want to, but I, I can't help it. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. Jesus went his entire life without sinning. I think you and I could go a few days. (laughs) Now we could go longer. It's possible to go weeks at a time. It's possible to go months at a time. It's possible. I know people don't believe it. It's possible to go years at a time. What do you do? You just have to resist Instead of yield. But see the devil convinces people. You can't help it. You're weak. You're going to fall. You know you are. You're going to fall again. Just a matter of time. And if you believe it. You will. You can be saved. Love God. Go to heaven when you die. But be defeated in this life. Because of believing lies. Greater is he. That's in you. Than he that is in the world. And you are not the conquered. You are more than a conqueror. Is that right or not? You don't have to be a victim. You are victorious ones. I'm going to preach this another time or two. You don't have to. I don't have to. 
fall again and again and again in the same areas. You have made mistakes in the same area. I have too. We didn't have to. We could have done differently. The very fact that we needed to come and confess it and repent means we're responsible. If I couldn't help it, I shouldn't be expected to repent. Wasn't my fault. It was beyond my control. Do you hear things like this? It just overwhelmed me. And next thing I knew, I was doing it. And I didn't mean to. And you're lying. Yeah, maybe you feel bad about it. But you made a wrong choice. You stopped resisting it. I stopped resisting it. And we entertained it. Look at James. Let me, don't go there. I'll just read it to you again. You're tempted when you're pulled away of your own desire and enticed. Your own desire, that's you. Enticed, that's the enemy. And the less he has to work with, the better off you are. Desire is a whole lot like a stray cat. Now, animal lovers, I'm not opposed to cats. <laughs> you have as many cats as you want to. But uh, it's a lot like a stray cat. You go to your back door, and there's a cat there. Never seen this cat before. He's looking at you, and he goes, meow, meow. If you don't want a cat, what should you not do? Don't feed it. <laughs> you say, well, he's hungry. Well, if you don't want it to be your cat, you need to take him somewhere else where he can get fed or do something else. But if you feed this cat, well, you'll probably see tomorrow. Meow. Meow. And if you say, no, kitty, no, 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 you can't stay, but here's three cans of gourmet cat food, (laughs) but you have to go. You can't stay. (laughs) How about tomorrow? Meow, meow. No, kitty, no, no. I can't have a kitty. You can't stay here, but here's four cans of gourmet cat food, but you can't stay. No, you got a new cat. And if you keep doing that and just keep increasing and increasing it in two months, you could have a 20-pound cat sitting on your chest. And you can be crying going, no, kitty, no. I don't want a kitty, no. And you're feeding him 10 cans of food. (laughs) Now, you're laughing, but this is exactly the way desire is. Exactly. People have desires that torment them, Mm -hmm. that vex them because they are so strong. What many people do is just try to hide it and try to cover it, but that won't make it go away. First of all, you've got to admit and acknowledge how it got so strong. Mm. You fed it. Mm, You fed it. By thinking about those things, looking at those things, listening to those things, talking about those things, you fed it. You might have been saying, no, I want you to go away, 
but you're feeding it. And it'll get stronger and stronger and stronger until it can dominate your thinking. Most of the day, it's there, it's there, it's there. If you want something to weaken, if you want something to shrink, you must starve it. Everybody say starve it. Every wrong desire, when starved, will weaken. I said it'll weaken. It'll get weaker. And if it was tormenting you and vexing you, you keep starving it. It may not just change overnight, but if it was in your thinking most of the day, it'll get to the place where it was only half of the day. Then it'll get to the place where it only you thought of it a couple of times in the day. Then it'll get to the place where you go three days and not think about it. You get to the place where you'll go three weeks and not even think about it. You're free. Amen. Can you see this, friends? Yeah. Hallelujah. How many think this is worth talking about? Amen. Worth getting help on. No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted above that you're able. Is that good news? This is wonderful news. God is faithful. I mean, all you got to do is think about the text. You wouldn't say, God is faithful. He won't put more on you. That don't sound like faithful. No, God is faithful. He won't let the enemy subject you to temptation and test beyond what you can overcome and how does he know that? Because he's right there providing you the way to deal with this and overcome this and come out. I can see it like in the ring with a fighter. If there's an opponent in the ring, I don't have to know anything else. I know I can beat him. Why? He's in the ring. If I couldn't beat him, he wouldn't have gotten the ring. Couldn't have gotten the ring. So all I got to do is what the Lord tells me to do. And we're going to beat this thing. It's not going to beat us. We're going to beat it. He always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Let me read this in another translation. It says, he will with the temptation make a way to escape. The, The literal translation says an outlet. The complete English version says, God can be trusted. He won't let you be tempted too much. He will show you how to escape from your temptations. Wow. That's the complete English, the CEV. He will show you. Say it out loud. He will will. show me me. how to escape escape. from from temptations. From the temptations that the enemy would bring to me. The Lord will show me how. Because show me how. Everybody has made mistakes in the same areas numerous times. You don't hear much hallelujah and amen and and hand raising on that. I know this, but am I telling the truth or not? Everybody has made mistakes in the same area 
over and over and over again. You know, uh, with Samson's a good example of this. He was called from his mother's womb, separated by God to be a deliverer of God's people. You talk about a supernatural anointing. Such feats of strength sound impossible, but it's a matter of record. And it's not because people say he must have been, you know, a, a, a giant of a man, you know, 10 foot tall or something. No, it wasn't because of just physical ability. The anointing would come on him. He ripped the city gates out of the ground. Just him and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Put them on his shoulders and toted them out of sight. He grabbed a donkey's jawbone and went hand to hand with a thousand soldiers and took them all out. You talk about special forces. (laughs) And this is by his call and his anointing. But from the time he was a teenager, he had a weakness. Philistine women. He loved him some Philistine women. (laughs) Did I lose somebody again? (laughs) Have you read the passage? Did he have a problem over Philistine women? I mean, they had catastrophe over the first one. He came home one day and he said, Oh, mama, oh, daddy, I found one, I found one. You got to get it for me. Who is it, son? Who is it, son? It's a Philistine girl. A what? Philistine girl? No. No. Jewish people can't marry Philistine girls. I want her. Get her. No, son. No talking would suffice. No reasoning. No logic. He had to have this Philistine girl. So arrangements were made. Leaders of the Philistines put pressure on her. Didn't work out. They killed her. They, they killed their folks and, and his best man wound up with her. I mean, it's a mess. And you'd think, bad experience with Philistine women. Let's leave them alone. But is that what happened? No. 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 Even after he had some mighty victories against the Philistines, what's he doing on Saturday night? He's down there looking for a Philistine woman. And he found some. He found several. And then he found a real Philistine woman. Delilah. I'm not just trying to be funny. He got by. He got by. He got by. But one too many times, he visited the Philistine woman. He could tell. She's trying to trick him. Where's your strength? So he tells kind of a little piece of it and a lie. And so there they are to get him. That ought to be a wake-up call. How many think that ought to be a wake-up call? They're trying to get you on some information you gave her. This happened again and again. Now we shake our heads and go, that's nuts. 
How can you be that dumb? <laughs> Just look in the mirror. <laughs> Have you messed up in the same area? More than twice. More than five times. More than ten times. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yes, I have. And that's why people have taught, well, we're just old sinners. And we can't help it. That's a lie. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe. And your life will just be ruined because of sin. And you'll be prevented from doing what you're supposed to do. Called to do. No. No matter how you're tempted, you never have to yield. I don't have to. You don't have to. You never have to yield. How do you do it, though? That's the good part we're getting to. Oh, glory to God. Somebody's getting free. Getting free and staying free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Revelation, please. Book of Revelation, the 12th chapter. There's two big things you're going to need to get free and stay free. Let me see if I can make this a little more relevant. You, we've already agreed. You've missed it in the same areas several times. I've missed it. Like what? Christians have missed it lying. Telling lies. You know, afraid. And tell a lie. Proud. Trying to brag, leave the wrong impression. Tell a lie. Spending too much money. Don't need a show of hands. People have gone to the mall and they've gone online and they've watched the shopping channel and bought stuff they shouldn't have bought. And bought way more stuff than they should have bought. And loaded up all the credit cards and messed up. And finally, finally, crying and borrowing and doing everything else and got through it. Turn around next month. Do it again. And again. And again. And again. And again. Now, don't you dare say, that's stupid. You've done the same thing. Somewhere. Right? How's one more stupid than the other? (laughs) If you know what to do and you don't do it, you ignore it. So what's going on? What can you do? There's two big things you're going to need to quit doing that. To break free. And instead of doing it for the 103rd time, not do it this time. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And then not do it again. Yes. Ten years down the road. Right. Is this possible? Yes. All things are possible to him that believes. You're going to need two big things to be able to do what other people are not seemingly able to do. They are, they just don't know it. Number one, you're going to need the grace of God. Number two, you're going to need faith. You're going to need some faith. 
Said out loud, grace and faith. These two things can enable us to break the cycle. Hallelujah. There's a lot of believers addicted to drugs. People like to come, sit in church, like I said, and act like everything's cool and everything's fine. There are millions of church-going people addicted to prescription drugs. And there's a whole bunch of believers addicted to street drugs, too. And they feel so terrible after they're high for a couple of days, but day or two or whatever, do it again. Hmm? And there's no judgment. We've already talked about all of us have missed it. We're talking about how to get free. Is there a way? There's a way. There's a way. What are you going to need? Help me out. You're going to need grace. You're going to need faith. One of the big parts of grace, who gets the grace? Not everybody. Say what? Yeah. The Bible said God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's pride to try to cover everything. It's pride to try to act like there's not a problem. It's pride to hide. You got to be honest with God. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to humble yourself. Come on, are y'all with me? In order to get the grace, in order to get the help, you've got to get real. Quit blaming everybody. Quit believing lies. Saying, I'm only human. I can't help it. It's bigger than I can do anything about. It's not bigger than God. It's not bigger than the God who's inside you. All things are possible to him that believes. It may be yielding to depression. Crying, feeling sorry for yourself at days at a time. Whatever it may be, you can be free. I said you can be free. The Spirit of God, it's not just Brother Keith talking. The Spirit of God is saying you can be free. Your freedom has been bought. It's been paid for. It's available. Hallelujah. Right now. But you need the grace of God. And you need your faith. God gives grace to the humble. A big part of being humble is being honest. You can't keep playing games. You can't continue to lie about everything and get free. You'll just stay bound. You've got to be honest with yourself. Honest with God. I don't mean you have to hang everything out for everybody to see. But people that you do need to deal with, you've got to tell the truth. If you want help. Be honest. And secondly, faith is the victory that overcomes everything that's in the world. Revelation, are you there? Revelation 12 and 11 talks about the enemy of our soul that accuses us before our God day and night. They overcame him, how? That's grace. That's how we get to grace. By the blood of the Lamb and 
the word of their testimony. Now many Christians would believe in grace, but it didn't just say by the blood and that was the end of it. It's not just by grace alone. It's by grace through faith. You can't leave off the last part. Grace has provided it. Faith must receive it. Grace is God's part. Faith is our part. What's been bought and provided, paid for, must be received to be enjoyed, to be experienced. It has to be received, and you do that by faith. How was their faith expressed here? By the blood of the Lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. They overcame the devil. And you still overcome him the same way. They overcame him by what Jesus did and by what they said. Come on, say it out loud. By what Jesus did and by what I say. (laughs) By what Jesus did, that's grace, and by what I say, that's faith. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.13, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We, having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed... And therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak. You don't have faith without the speaking. You can't separate faith from speaking. And whatever you're saying that you believe, that is your faith speaking. Whether it's in faith, you may have faith in the devil to keep you bound. You can have faith in your weakness to fail again. And if you do, if that's what you believe strong enough, then you'll say it. I can't help it. It's going to happen again. I'm sorry. I can't change. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, honey, you're not an old dog. You are a new creature. Huh? New creation. And with the new creation, all things are possible to him that believes. The Bible didn't say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, somebody needs to say it out loud. I can. How many know this is the Bible? Philippians 4.13. Did you know this is the Bible? Say it out loud. I can. That's different from what? I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but I'm just so weak. We ain't talking about what you are. We're talking about what he is. I don't think I can. Well, let me help you out. Without him, you can't. So quit talking about that. But you're not without him. He's in you. He's with you. He's for you. And if we'll agree with him, we'll find strength we never thought we could have. A quickening, an ability. Old friends, 
Uh, the enemy has lied to people. We've got a lot of people watching online too. There's more folks than in this room. The devil has lied to people. And they are convinced they can't shake this. But you're underestimating your God. You're underestimating him. You've done everything in your power to change yourself and have not been able to do it. That's no shock. That shouldn't surprise you. That shouldn't shock you. The spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. But you, what you couldn't do through all of your efforts, you can do through Christ who strengthens you. We're talking about the grace of God. The grace of God can come in you when you feel like dragging and passing out and all at once some kind of stream of strength is coming up inside you and all at once you know, I can. I can do this. I can do this differently. I don't have to. Amen. Had a, a fellow come, this, is, oh, this has been 20 years ago or so now in healing school. And he wanted to talk to him and he kind of whispered over on the side. He said, Brother Keith, I smoke. But he didn't have to tell me. You could smell it before he got there. (laughs) He said, I want to quit, but I can't. I'm bound to nicotine. I've been smoking since I was a little boy. And he told me how many packs a day he smoked. And he said, I just... I have thrown away so many cigarettes. I've been prayed for so many times. I've had hands laid on me. I've had things cast out of me. I've had things cast in me. I've <laughs> and, and I go back smoking. And I'm smoking. And I, I can't quit. I can't quit. I've tried everything. I've done everything. I can't quit. What does he believe? What's he saying? What you're saying that you believe... That is your faith speaking. What does he have faith in? He has faith in the power of nicotine. He has faith in the chemical hold that that has on his body. That's what he has. He has faith in that. He believes in the strength of that. I said, well, will you do what I I tell you to? He said, well, I've been prayed for a lot. I said, I'm not going to pray for you. Oh, really? (laughs) he's going to tell me he's already been prayed for and then he wants prayer I said no, no I'm not going to pray for you he said really I said no he said don't ask me to throw them away I've thrown away I don't know how many cartons of cigarettes and before the day's over usually go buy some more I said no I'm not going to ask you to throw anything away will you do what I ask you to do it just has to do with what you say how'd they overcome the devil come on help me out Two things, not one, not one, not just by the blood of the Lamb, not just by grace and mercy. That's a giant part of it, but you've got to add your part to it. Are you? If it was just only by the grace and the blood, everything would already be done for everybody. By the blood and by the word of their testimony, what they said. I said, just say this. I want you to say out loud, I am free. Well, I was telling him, excuse me. Thank you for being so so ready. This won't hurt you either. But 
I, I said, say this out loud. I am free from nicotine. I am free from cigarettes. Now, if you like to smoke, I'm not preaching against you. This guy wanted to quit. I'm free from cigarettes. He said, but Brother Keith, I'm not free. I'm bound. I said, hmm, hush. (laughs) Will you just say it? Come on, just, just humor me. For a moment. Just say it out loud. I. I. Am. Am. Free. Free. From cigarettes. From cigarettes. <laughs> I said say it again. He said but Brother Keith. I said say it again. And. He said but Brother Keith. I, I said listen. Here's how you're going to do it. Every time you buy Cigarettes. As you leave the store, I want you to say, as you, as you walk out the door, I want you to say, thank you, Lord. I am free mm-hmm. from nicotine. Thank you, Lord. I'm free from smoking. Thank you, Lord. I'm free from cigarettes. Ever how you want to say it. But you say, don't you say, I'm going to get free. Don't you say, I'm getting free. You say, I am free. The Bible said he has delivered us from all the power of darkness. Jesus does not need to do something else. He's already done everything that needs to be done. And uh, I said, when you walk out the door, you said, thank you, Lord, I'm free from cigarettes. I said, when you open the cart and you pull a pack out and you open it up, you say, thank you, Lord, I'm free from cigarettes. When you take one out and you light it up, you say, thank you, Lord, I'm free from smoking. In between puffs, you say, thank you, Lord, I'm free. He said, but Brother Keith, I'll be smoking. I said, you're already smoking. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll be smoking. I said, "Will will you say it or not? You've tried everything else. Will you do it? Well, I, well, I, I said, the Bible said, let the weak say, I'm weak. Let the bound say, I'm bound. No, that's not how it works. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Right? Sarah was barren. Abraham was old. And they call themselves the father of many nations. Hallelujah. It didn't look like it. It didn't feel like it. I began to convince him a little bit. Well, the Lord did. And he said, when I'm smoking, I said, in between puffs. When you lay your cigarettes on your nightstand or your lighter or whatever, anything that reminds you of it, say it again. Thank you, Lord. I am free. I'm free. I'm free. How many of this would work just as good on cocaine? Alcohol, heroin, shopping addiction, pornography addiction. Come on, y'all listening. Work just as good on any of this. It's a faith principle, spiritual principle. So he left. I forget how many weeks it was. It seemed like it was about a month or so. I didn't see him. I saw him. He came where I was speaking. He came in the back door, and I didn't even have to say anything. He's beaming like a light bulb. You could just say, I know something that happened to him. What happened? He's free. You think so? After the service, he came up. He said, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, I'm free. 
I'm free. I said, from what? What are you, what are you free? He said, I'm free from smoking. You know. I said, I wanted to hear you say it again. He, he said, I thought you were nuts. He said, I thought that's crazy. That's crazy. He said, but it kept coming back to me. So the Holy Spirit kept coming back. You've tried everything else. What's this going to cost you? He said, so. He said, it seemed strange at first. It didn't seem, seem crazy. But I walked out of the store with the cigarettes and I was reminded. I thought, I'm, I'm free from these. Okay. And then I'm free. He said, but as the days went by, I said it more and I got used to it. And I got more comfortable with it. And he said, I don't know how many times a day I wound up saying, because I was smoking, I'm smoking a lot. And he said, I, I, in between puffs, sometimes I just, I just start thanking God. Lord, thank you. Thank you that I'm free. I thank you for setting me free. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for setting me free. Oh, friend, this is what faith is all about. If you looked free and felt free, you wouldn't have to believe that you're free. Hallelujah. Oh, are y'all with me? If you looked healed and felt healed and had to report saying you're healed, you wouldn't have to believe that you're healed. You could see it. If all your bills were paid and everything was paid off and you had your pockets full of cash, you wouldn't have to believe and call everything paid off and believe that you're prosperous. We walk by faith, not by sight. He said this went on for days, this went on for weeks. He said one day I was standing on the street corner. And, and, and I pulled out a cigarette to light it up and just almost out of habit. I said, thank you, Lord, for setting. And he said, it, something hit me. He said, something hit me when I said, I started to say free. And when I said free, I knew. I just knew on the inside of me, I'm free. He said, I threw it away. I hadn't had one since. I don't want them. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, hallelujah. Well, if it work on that desire and that chemical addiction, why wouldn't it work on another desire? Or another addiction? It works. It works. But you got to make your tongue do its duty. You got to make your mouth say not what you feel, not what you see, but what you believe. And that opens the door for God to come in and begin to work and begin to move. It, I think it took him less than a month. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. There has no temptation, no trial, no test taken you. But such as is common to man, people are going through the same things all over the planet. But God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted above what you can resist and overcome. And every time he's right there to give you the way out, to give you the outlet, the way of escape. You're going to do it by the grace of God. You're going to do it by your faith. You're going to do it by the blood of the lamb, what he's bought and paid for. And you're going to do it by what's coming out of your mouth. No feeling sorry for myself. No saying I can't. No saying there's no use. No saying I'll die with it. It'll never be any better. Say something completely contrary 
to what you've been doing, what you've been feeling, what you've been experiencing, and watch the power of God begin to come into you and do what you could not do, what you could have never done on your own, but you can do through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, lift up your hands. Let's thank the Lord. Let's praise our good God. Let's give Him glory. Come on, lift up your hands. Tell Him that you believe Him. Tell Him that you believe He's greater than anything that could come against you. Oh, tell Him you believe He's faithful. Faithful to always provide the way out. Oh, praise you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.